This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Impact of Influence, the Murdoch family murders. This is the unfolding story of a powerful South Carolina family, the mysterious deaths they are linked to, and our quest to bring you the truth. Hello, friend. I am Matt Harris, Seton Tucker with me, and we are, as always, super grateful that you decided to spend some time with us. A lot of choices out there, and as we said in the last episode, the Murdoch thing is at least going to be winding down temporarily. Of course, we've been saying that for a couple of years now. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember the first time we had Eric Bland on our podcast, him saying, you're going to be talking about this this story forever. And it was pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate. So we are doing some Murdoch stuff in this episode. Uh, This is kind of just some loose ends, some still some litigation that's out there, some other things that are being charged. And then after this episode, we'll begin with some of the other things that we've been working on. Uh, You can reach out to us on Impact of Influence on Facebook. We're part of Evergreen Podcast Network. Also, please rate and share, and follow the episode, and check out the YouTube channel, Impact of Influence, which the easiest way to get through it is simply to go to our Impact of Influence Facebook page. All right, Miss Seaton, let's hit it. Let's start uh, with the appeal. Well, you said that there was some litigation. There's actually quite a lot of <laughs> litigation True. surrounding Murdoch. Um, and Thad Moore with the Post and Courier had a great article kind of outlining it, and I discovered even a few more uh, active cases and one that has come up since. But the first one we should discuss is the Murdoch appeal to the murder conviction. After the evidentiary hearing, uh, now that's his recourse uh, to go through the state appeals uh, uh, process. And I think two of the things they'll be talking about in that is this green remmer um which one applies? Justice Toll went with Green, which is South Carolina. Jury deals with jury tampering. Uh, Remmer is the federal law, which would shift the the uh, burden burden from the state to the defense, or defense to state, depending which way they go. But so they're going to appeal that, and they're also going to appeal what they were going to appeal before even we heard about the jury tampering. Right, because I think one of the things that they wanted to appeal on is the admission of the financial crimes, at least to the extent that they were admitted by Judge Newman. Right, because they were at one point, when it for all first started, it was supposed to be a very limited scope of the financial crimes. And it was like two days or something like that of, of financial crime testimony. Right, and then we heard close to two weeks of it. So I think... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. It's the, true. De- the defense contention is that... Um, Hearing two weeks of testimony about the financial crimes really went uh, to uh, Alex's credibility and how could anyone believe what he said after hearing two weeks of his testimony about what a terrible person and how he stole lots of money from people. Because the argument it being that just because you are a financial criminal doesn't mean you're a double murderer. Right. So uh, there's that. Then we got some drug things to deal with. 
So we have Jerry K. Rivers, who was charged alongside Alec Murdoch for charges of money laundering, obstruction of justice, and distribution of controlled substances. Uh, prosecutors allege that he sold opioid pills to Alec Murdoch. Now, he has pled guilty to these charges, and he is scheduled to be sentenced on February 12th in Hampton County. I don't think anything huge is going to come out of that sentencing. I don't think that suddenly Jerry Rivers is going to be like, here's what I did. I gave him a thousand pills and uh, he might have sold them to somebody else. We don't know. It's an, it's an exceptional amount of pills that Alec Murdoch claimed he took. And in the Rivers and uh, um, Roberts. Roberts, yes. We also, that was number six, but we can just go yeah. ahead and, and hit him now is that he also has pending charges for receiving money linked to Alec Murdoch. So he was charged alongside as well. And so Rivers and Roberts, when they were in court uh, months and months ago, Creighton Waters was there and said, there's this stream running from Alec Murdoch to Cousin Eddie to Rivers and Roberts and back, who he was claiming at the time, Walterboro Cowboys. Uh, and there was a stream of, of drugs, but it didn't seem to really go anywhere other than the fact that he has he's going to plead guilty and i think he went into rehab i believe but um it was we, disappointing uh to me not because he he pled you know i think he needs to do what's right but i was hoping in rivers case that we would maybe hear a little bit more details about what this connection was but i don't think we will yeah. get that opportunity now that there's a plea deal but maybe with spencer roberts who knows gotcha so um we got uh, the feds and state financial crime situations. Right. So Murdoch was sentenced to 22 uh, financial crimes by the federal government, and he pled guilty. Uh, yet That's yet to be scheduled about how long he will serve for the federal crime, but he's in state prison now. So For 25, 27 years, whatever. He's going to be out at 77 or something. Well, for the financial crimes, but he's still convicted of double yes. murder. Oh, yeah, so yeah, right, right. That's no parole. That's, that's the life thing he's got going on there, yeah. Um, so then we have disgraced banker Russell Lafitte has yet to face trial for his state charges. Uh, this has not been scheduled yet, but his lawyer is a lawyer legislator, and they're not required to appear in court while legislature is in session. Um, so that hasn't been scheduled yet, and he also has a pending appeal for his federal conviction. Now, this is, if you recall, there was two jurors who were dismissed at the last minute. One had to take some medicine. Uh, and the other one had an anxiety situation. This was right before the Thanksgiving holiday, and these jurors had deliberated for nine hours. And once these two jurors were dismissed, they came back with the verdict in an hour. So they are appealing that. Right. Uh, we haven't heard much at all from Cousin Eddie, or Curtis Smith as his real name is. Yes, so he is still facing charges for selling Alec Murdoch uh, drugs and helping him uh, launder money. I believe also that whole Labor Day scheme. Murder, suicide, for Right, that we don't thing, know. Yeah. Um, and nothing has been scheduled yet, but he did request a speedy trial two years ago. And last we had seen Eddie, he was suffering from health issues. So I don't know where, where that all stands. I believe he is out on bond. Yeah. Uh, then we have Corey Fleming. Uh, he is Alex's attorney buddy. And he is appealing the length of his sentence for the state charges. Now, remember, he pleaded, uh, and he pled. He pled. Yeah, he pled. Yeah, he pled guilty, um, and then he was ordered by Judge Newman to, for ten years, and he'd only received forty-six months in federal prison. So, 
He's appealing the length of that sentence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We still don't know about, you mentioned, I'm going to go back to Cousin Eddie for just for a second, because also oh. Alec Murdoch has those, has something perhaps charges for the 2021 Labor Day scheme too. Oh, no, I have that. That's, yeah, okay. that, that's Both of them. Oh, did I not put yeah. that? Okay, no, we yes. Got it. We got it. Uh, yes, I mean, it Alec just, Murdoch is also fen- facing charges, but does again, it matter? <laughs> doesn't matter at this point, but you know, this was the whole Labor Day scheme where he, um, he claims that he asked Cousin Eddie to kill him so that he could collect the money, his insurance money, to give to his son, Buster. Buster, yes. Buster, we get it. Yes. So there you go. Uh, what else do we have? Lyler sisters, who are represented by Eric Bland, have some pending civil litigation in Hampton County against Alec Murdoch and Russell Lafitte. Now, we have some Murdoch-adjacent stuff as well. Right. Now, this is not, I mean, it, not technically Murdoch because he's not a named party in this suit, but we have this outrage lawsuit that was filed uh, by Mark Tinsley on behalf of the Beach family against Parkers for emotional distress. Um, and this is relating these leaked mediation documents. I guess in these mediation documents, there were some pictures of Mallory Beach after she was found. And uh, Tinsley is contending that these, you know, have caused, by them being out in the public realm, have caused the family um, lots of distress. Now, Parkers has kind of shot back and said, Hey, I think you also may have released some of these same type pictures and such. So we're going to have to see what happens um, with this. I think the discovery is going to be pretty interesting. But the lawyers for Parkers are trying to stay um, the judge from fast-tracking this case. Judge Bentley Price is the judge's name. And Fitz reports that Tinsley, in their quote, has been very successful in his appearances in front of Price. In other words, they're implying that Price is friendly toward Tinsley. Right. And Parker's is saying, well, then I don't, you know, if Price is going to be gone, if he's going to uh, not do another term. Well, par- what's interesting is is um, Judge Bentley Price has been deemed unqualified by the State Judiciary Council. Yeah. I don't know for what reason. Um, so what, what, Parker's team is saying is, hey, we need to, uh, why are we now fast-tracking this case when nothing has really happened for two years? It's complex litigation. You want to fast-track this case because this judge who is, I mean, they're, they don't say that this judge who, who is potentially favorable to Tinsley. <laughs> That's what it is all about, but kind of. I don't know. They're saying that, why are we now fast-tracking this case? It appears, in front of a judge who's been deemed unqualified. Yes, it appears as they don't want to be in front of Price and Tinsley wants to be in front of Price. That, that's what it appears the, to be. Those are the optics. Okay. Those are the optics. So we'll see what happens with that. Let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh meal is never frozen and it is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, uh, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. What did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to factormeals.com slash impact50 and use code impact50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code's impact50 at factormeals.com slash impact50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off 
your next box while your subscription is active. Impact 50 at factormeals.com slash impact 50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Um, but now we have another case um, filed by Mark Tinsley. He has a client named Austin Stanley, and he's filing suit against Fitz News and Will Folks. And in this uh, claim, he's alleging defamation and negligence. Here's what happens. It states that on, and I'm going to grab it, the actual uh, words right Pleading. here out of the plea here. Uh, on or about April 1st, 2023, the defendants published an article identifying people that Fitz News contended were somehow involved in the murder of Stephen Smith, a 19-year-old gay man who was found dead in the middle of Sandy Run Road in Crockerville, South Carolina, July 8th, 2015. I still don't know why they had to say gay man in there, but okay. In the article accompanying video, defendants published a photograph of two people defendants claimed were prime suspects in the murder of Stephen Smith. The photographic individual on the right-hand side of the photo is Stanley, the plaintiff in this case, who had absolutely nothing to do with the death of Stephen Smith, who has never been a suspect or person of interest in the death of Stephen Smith, and has never been linked to the death of Smith other than falsely by the defendants and their agents. That is what the filing states. Uh, Fitzgerald obviously a- put the wrong picture up. Yeah, and in the, in the picture you see it says prime suspects. Obviously, that you know that was inaccurate. You know, and fits. I guess at some point received some sort of message from the mother saying, hey, this is not the right, this is not my son. And they acknowledge it. They take it down. Um, And then inadvertently, again, they link it to another 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 article. Another YouTube video that Fitz had put out. Um, I think these are honest mistakes. This is a lot of volume. But what's interesting now, it has come out on social media that there was another YouTuber who used this exact same photo. And I believe the photo came from Instagram and was on one of the prime suspects Instagram page and possibly both this other YouTuber and Fitz thought that it was a, uh, a picture of one of the prime suspects. Okay. So the prime suspect had a, it might be a buddy of them or something. Right. Had a picture of this dude uh, who had nothing to do with it. On social media. And his, on social media. And so that picture started circulating. Um, and then Fitz, uh, news and Will folks ad- admitted that they messed up, but then it appeared again. Yeah, no, they they, they they were on Twitter and on Twitter. Let's see what they said. I get, they say hardly anyone takes accountability anymore or admits their mistakes. An honest mistake was made here, and we apologize and did our best to correct it. But we will have to live with the consequences. Thanks to and then he said, you know, Will wrote thanks to at Mark Tinsley at the Eric Bland for holding us accountable. Yeah, because Eric Bland, um, who's not an attorney involved in this, was kind of praising Will Folks or praising Mark Tinsley Mark for Tinsley, yeah. uh, holding Will Folks accountable in his, uh, there appear to be no, no love lost between these two. There's a battle. He said, talks two. about Will Folks, you know, attacks and mocks everybody every day. Um, and, you know, in this pleading as well, they're critical of uh, Mark Tinsley is critical of Fitz news. They mentions that they, Fail to establish any proofreaders or copy editors. They didn't properly train their agents. Uh, they are pandering to lurid curiosity. They talk about clicks and that sort of thing. They're obviously um, they, they, not not flattering to Fitz News. Right. And but, but Will Folks, I think, you know, admitted 
took responsibility. And with this volume of information, it is easy to make a mistake. Not that if you were that person who had had the picture of you out there Mm -hmm. with prime suspect under your photo, you might not like that. Right. And uh, like I don't know the legalese, but I know that's not the first time there's been mistakes made by media on a picture or a name or something like that. Uh, for sure, even major national news outlets have made mistakes in the past. What that means legally, I don't know, but it's interesting if there if it was also by another YouTuber using the same picture, they're only suing Fitz News. That's interesting. Right. I don't know. If maybe this. I think this information just came to light, so maybe, oh, maybe this other okay. uh, YouTuber will be uh, also in some trouble for using that same photo. Gotcha. All right, so we are going to move. I think, are we moving to the distribution of money? We are. So we'll just hit the highlights. Uh, This is Alex Money, which was $2.44 million, down to $1.75 million, because they have to pay the co-receivers, who are the the attorneys who were uh, appointed by the court to take care of these funds. So just, there are some people who received zero. I think the most money was received by May... uh, Renee Beach, as a personal representative for the estate of Mallory Beach, she received 29%. Uh, Morgan and Miley also received a small amount. Um, And then uh, the Arthur Badger. Yes, he received 24%. Uh, He is the man whose wife was tragically killed in an auto accident, leaving behind six kids. Mm. And And Alex stole his money. Yeah, he he stole from a lot of people. Uh, Eric Bland's clients... uh, Alenia Spohn, Hannah Plyler, and uh, this, the Satterfield two young men got 0%. Right. Um, let's talk about Eric's response to that in a second. But just before we move on to that, um, PMPD received 14%. And I've seen some outrage on social media about this. They are victims. But I believe a percentage of that amount is going to be going to unpaid victims, possibly mm-hmm. representing. Represented by um, Justin. Justin Bamberg. Yeah. And another yeah. one that was controversial was Johnny Parker received 15% for unpaid personal loans. Um, but That's, that was uh, one, one of, of his former law partners. One of his former law, law partners. Um, but Randy Murdoff, his brother, did not receive anything either. Mm-hmm. But let's read what Eric Bland had to say about that. Uh, yesterday, the court appointed special referee was charged by the court to distribute the approximate $1.9 million of funds received by the receivers. Were the Satterfield zero dollars for those funds, despite having a $4.3 million judgment against Alec Murdoch, which was first upheld by Judge Bentley Price in August 2023. Hey, didn't we just mention Bentley Price? Yeah. I just thought about that. I know. There are so many connections to, and uh, you know, I didn't mention earlier when we were talking about uh, the Parker's litigation that one of the lawyers on Parker's team is Debbie Barbier, and she is the attorney who represents Corey Fleming. There yeah, we go. There's a lot so, of yes. connections. So uh, he, he continues to say, uh, let's see, blah, 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 Alec Murdoch, which was first upheld by Judge Bentley Price in August 2023, which Murdoch dismissed his appeal to try and reverse. Fair, just, and equitable? I don't think so. So as of today, the Satterfields have recovered over $7.5 million from five or so sources or parties and individuals other than Alec Murdoch. To date, Alec Murdoch has paid $0 toward the approximate $3.5 million stolen from the Satterfields. Banks, law firms, Corey Fleming, and Chad Westendorf have all paid money to the Satterfields. I can't begin to tell you how disappointed my clients feel about yesterday's ruling. Yes, the tort victims of the boat crash should have received the lion's share of the funds from what was recovered, but certainly the Satterfields should not have been 
blanked. We will continue to search for other assets to apply to this judgment, which is good for 10 years. Uh, you know, I mean, again, he didn't get it. They didn't get it directly from like Murdoch, but they, they received seven and a half million dollars. They have received seven and a half million dollars. I think, um, you only have His so much. problem, there's only so much of the egg. There's only a little bit of money. So some of these people maybe have not re- received. So maybe that was what went into the decision by the co-receivers. Um, and Arthur Badger, I mean, come but on. But I mean, uh, Eric Bland's point is he had this confession of judgment, and he, my clients have not received a dime from Alec Murdoch. From Alec Murdoch, right. But it's but, not like Alec Murdoch's keeping it. No, he's right. not it's, keeping it's, it's, it, and yeah. there's only a limited amount unless you know, right? Unless there's money hidden somewhere, which the is beach possible. Is, and the boat people were good, so that's that's uh, thirty-four, forty, four forty-five, something like forty-five percent, something like that. I'm doing the math real quick. Went to uh, Beach Altman Audi, and so I don't know, and and we, I don't think he could argue with that. Arthur Badger getting money, mm-hmm. so that's another twenty-four. So I don't, I'm not sure who he. I mean, I get it. He's fighting for his client. I get it. He's fighting for his client. But I'm not sure who he would want to not get it. Not PMPD, which they're victims under the guise of the law. And they're dishing it out to, from what we understand, to some of the. I think they have made most of the clients whole. So, so. I, I, you know, I don't know. They're, you know, you can make arguments on both sides. Uh, Let's move to Jersey. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So. I reached out to this man named Lucas Pierce, who says that he is Jersey's ex-husband. I actually reached out to him back on December 3rd after a listener tip, and he didn't respond. But I reached out to him again this week on Messenger, and he did respond. Um, He says he didn't want to go on, he can't go on the media at the moment because the investigations and... um, And But he has agreed to answer a few questions. I wonder what the investigations are he's talking about, because it seems to... I mean, other than maybe investigating Becky Hill, because probably, I mean, that's all I th- that there is to investigate at this point. I think point. Becky Hill and also um, Wiretap, I, I don't know. Right. He just said that. Um, he said that he has been contacted by sure. a lot of media. I'm sure. Um, he said that Jersey had been talking openly with several people. That during was, the trial. During the trial. Um, and he reported that to SLED agent Owen and Becky Hill. Uh, before making numerous reports on Facebook, which he says these comments were deleted and reported. So if he, during the trial, said Jersey was talk if this is true, we, don't, we have no way to know, uh, if Jersey was talking to people about the case, and he told Becky Hale, and he told uh, Agent Owen, I'm sure Alex's team would be like, well, why did nothing come of this? But it the egg juror, something came of. Well, they mentioned this. Uh, the defense mentions this in one of their filings that it appears when these uh, allegations came to light about the egg juror who was purportedly favorable to the defense, uh, you, these were really investigated vigorously, but they were not investigated. When this tip came through, there didn't appear to be any sort of investigation. Hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what they. Right. And he, he did, uh, let's see, 20 posts, live videos, threatened and reported. Uh, has he, did he say he was contacted by anybody? Or- uh, no, he says uh, he has not been contacted by law enforcement. Uh, he was only contacted when he personally contacted SLED. So he contacted, but he nobody He contacted SLED, okay. but he has not been contacted. And Murdoch's attorneys, 
not to contact. He him. has not been in touch with Murdoch's attorney. Uh, no, I asked him about his wife's ex-wife's new car. He did say that she came across the money, but he does not know where. Could be a million different ways. Uh, he's trying to imply something there, but we won't touch it. Uh, and then a little uh, paparazzi gossip. Oh, yeah. I thought this was interesting. I personally am a huge uh, South Carolina women's basketball fan. And number went one. Number one in the country. And I had attended the game last Sunday. And Judge Newman and uh, Justice Toll were also at the game and were appeared they sat together for a period of time. Mm, would not wonder be what they were talking yeah, about. <laughs> I wonder what they were talking about. What are we, what's going on with you? Nothing. What you been up to lately? Eh, I don't know. And I had heard before that, right before the evidentiary hearing the night before, Justice Toll had traveled to go see the South Carolina women's basketball game and came back. When they were playing LSU, I think. Yeah, they were uh, yeah. playing LSU. She came back uh, to hear the, the hearing. Mm, I hard fan. So... Yeah, well, that'd be interesting. What were they talking about? Hey, what you been up to? Oh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, we're uh, grateful that you're uh, hanging with us on to other stories, and uh, including one on, on the Susan Smith story. It was the woman in South Carolina who put her two small children in a car and then drowned them in a lake and then tried to blame it on this mystery carjacking. We'll talk to the man who was the prosecutor in that case coming up uh, soon. We've got some other cases we're working on, too. Feel free to feed us uh, cases that you think we should uh, dig into. We've gotten a lot of those, and we're starting to work on it. And the best way to do that is uh, Impact of Influence on Facebook. Leave us a message. Uh, and uh, check out the YouTube channel. You can find out through there. Please rate and share and comment and all that good stuff. Uh, we'd really, really appreciate it if you keep on hanging with us. Always grateful. And we'll talk soon, friend. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? Or just a horrible accident. That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia, Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule, history so interesting, it's criminal.